Hi, welcome to another episode of the Ideal Business Podcast. Uh, it's been uh, producing this podcast at a location called Policeman's Point up in the northeast coast of Tasmania, one of the uh, southern states of Australia. Okay, um, so today, uh, something that I'm going to talk about, uh, and it's one of the one of the important criteria that I believe in determining how ideal your business is, is the idea and the concept of resilience. And the definition of resilience is uh, the capacity to recover from difficulties, you know, so it's in essence, it's a sort of an ingrained toughness. Um, and, and I think it's an important uh, characteristic or criteria to move towards um, because you can have, when things are going well, it's not something that seems that important, but when things don't go well, um, makes you a bit concerned about, you know, where it's all going to end up and resilience can uh, build more confidence for you in that area. As a business owner, if you've been in business a long time, you know, I've been in business more, over three decades. I don't really do superannuation in the typical sense because it's always been me and my own businesses. And so, you know, the businesses that I build are a form of superannuation uh, is really where I'm going to generate revenue when I no longer want to be active in doing that. Um, and so it's important that like any investment or any asset that you've built up, that you can be confident that no matter what sort of comes in the general direction of the business or what events take place, that you're actually able to uh, sustain, not only sustain and potentially thrive through that process. We've all sort of seen the statistics of likelihood of business failure at different levels, you know, and so typically, you know, and it depends where you read it, but, you know, in the first year, it's probably 50% of businesses, thereabouts, um, fail. Uh, when you get to year five, that, uh, well, it's actually, sorry, in that first year, it's closer to actually 80%, 75, 80% of businesses don't really make it through. Once you get to year five, likelihood of success drops to lower than 50%. When you get past year 10, it drops again. And so it's pretty clear that if a business is able to get to that sort of long-term view of 10 years or 15 years, it has resilience. It would have gone through a number of different business cycles and it's got the ability to navigate and manage that and come out the other end stronger, which is really what you want from a whole point of view of a business. And the sort of things that, you know, you, and, and the way that I look at resilience is it's events that take place um, that uh, weren't necessarily handle the best or you didn't have mechanisms in place. And then what you do is you put things in place that will cultivate and su you know support the concept of resilience. And these can include things like how do you handle complaints with customers, uh, major systems failures. You know, we're a, our businesses are very technology-based. So what happens if things go wrong? You know, cyber attacks, regulatory or legislative changes, um, fraud, you know, Within the business, you know, it's happened. Um, major bad debt events that might take place, legal actions against your business. These are all exi existence. And then there's external forces that we have no control over as well. Might be, you know, these pandemics, uh, financial crisis, whatever they are. But for me, the idea of resilience is being confident that really no matter what comes out of left field, there's a ma mechanism for managing that and being able to move through it and being able to not only uh, survive that sort of it, those those activities but actually thrive and uh, look at it as an opportunity for growth and expansion of the business so some things a couple of things to consider with resilience and how do you go about strengthening that within your own business one of the things that we do in a business we've got um, 
you know, when something isn't going that well, something needs attention, whether it can be leads or sales or cash position or, you know, so many different areas that might need technology solutions or the development. If it's not going that well uh, and the stats and the numbers relating to it aren't that great, we have a process which we utilise which effectively puts whatever it is in what we call danger. If you want to find out how you can build your own ideal business and your own ideal life, head to the show notes and follow the links to take our ideal business quiz, which will give your business a score on how ideal your business is to date, highlighting your current strengths and areas to work on to make your business more ideal for you. Or you can simply go to www.invisbiz.com. That's with two Zs instead of Ss and get your score after the episode. Now, back to Paul. One of the first things you can do to build resilience is communicating and engaging your team with these type of events that occur. Uh, An example might be, and you might be uncomfortable doing that, you might be having cash flow difficulties uh, for various reasons, and often business owners will go, well, I don't want anyone to know about it because it's, you know, particularly my team, because if they get wind of it, then, you know, they might actually... You know, people think we might be going to fail or, you know, the team might be getting uncomfortable, the security of their jobs, all that sort of stuff. In reality, that's sort of a counterintuitive if you think about it, because the people that can have impact on it and resolve whatever's taking place is your team. And so the more transparent and open that you are with your team and the more that you engage them in any of this sort of process, in any of these challenge processes, is going to end up... Uh, having a mechanism for creating solutions that will resolve the issues on hand. And that, of course, builds resilience. You know, So that's one of the ways that I think it's really important is to engage, communicate major challenges with your team and have a process to do that. And we've got a bit of a process about, about how we do that. You know, I remember a few years ago, we had um, a real issue with cash flow. And so we basically engaged the team and everyone sort of looked at what they could do to get involved in it. We had you know, money outstanding, um, had bad debts that were sort of not being addressed. We looked at how we can improve our sales and terms of payments, all those sorts of things. But the team sort of got involved in it, how they could impact on it. And it, and that managed us to, uh, to come out of that with better process and systems. So that's an example where, you know, engaging the team, even though you, you might be intuitively, you think, well, I don't know, I don't want to, it's too personal, I don't want to share this information about some of the things that are going wrong. Because typically in business, it's always about looking good, looking successful, things going well, um, but we all know that's not actually the case. I mean, businesses have lots and lots of challenges, you know. So that's one thing that's really important from a resilience point of view and being able to deal with those sorts of situations. Another high-risk area that I think exists for any business, and uh, when I work with clients, I uh, I look at this very closely, is uh, the idea of having too many eggs in one basket. From my perspective, it's a it's a very it introduces a lot of risk in the business and it makes it very hard for you to uh, to have a resilient baseline if you're very dependent on say one client for a large percentage of your revenue. Uh, typically, for me and for my businesses, I, I would I never want any any one client to make up more than ten uh, percent, the absolute maximum ten percent of my business revenue, absolute maximum, ideally closer to 5%, uh, regardless of, and it, it can be really attractive because the ability to have a client and you can get 
60, 70, 80% of your work from that client. It's easy. You don't have to do marketing. You've got ongoing revenue flow. Um, that makes me very uncomfortable in the sense that uh, you've got a lot of power uh, with one client, and that can relate to um, what their needs are, cash flow, payment terms, all sorts of things. So too many eggs in one basket. One basket is definitely uh, an issue, and I would really highly recommend that you don't you don't really do that. You know, you look at spreading your uh, your eggs, if you like. So and and it can also be maybe segments, market segments. So so when you think about eggs in baskets, it could be having too few baskets, and the baskets might be too few clients. So you've got a lot of your revenue coming from a very very small number of clients, which uh, can expose you to pretty much overnight changes. You know, example with the pandemic going on, a lot of people have cut back on spending in certain areas. If your business was one of those potential areas, then you could have lost a large chunk of your business revenue. Um, so that's one type of basket that you don't want to have too many eggs in. Another potential one is uh, location. You know, we don't normally talk about that, but one of the ways of building resilience is spreading your base of your business. So you could have you could be based in a particular town or a particular city, um, and you have all your work coming from that location. Once again, it's ideal in the sense that you think, well, I'm here, I know the area, I know the locality, there's plenty of work, all that type of stuff. But uh, you can be more susceptible to local events that take place. Uh, being spread, and uh, and that has been a strategy for us. Uh, our businesses are both national and operate, one of our businesses operates international. It means you're a, you've got a marketplace that, uh, when one goes up, one goes down, you're able to sort of uh, move your way through that because of the fact that you've got spread. So you don't have, so this basket, too many eggs in one basket is location basket. Just think about it from that perspective. Uh, other things that um, that can really create like baskets is dependency on a particular program, uh, software or team members that could be a real issue for you if something happened to to that, whether it was a supplier, whether it was a bit of software or whether it was a team member. So just being conscious of that and how would you manage and how would you deal with that, how much control and what's the likelihood of something taking place. So when you think about the concept of uh, too many eggs in one basket, I, I don't know what for you, when I hear that term, too many eggs in one basket, um, we've actually got chickens at home. We collect eggs and one of the, I've done that a few times where uh, for whatever reason, we forgot to collect eggs for a, for a few days and we might end up with 15 eggs. Uh, you go down to collect them. I don't have something to carry them, so I might roll them up in my T-shirt and put the 15 eggs in there. And invariably, before I make it back to the house, I've broken a couple of eggs. And potentially, you know, if I trip, I would have lost all those eggs, you know. So that term, too many eggs in one basket, is about spreading and building. And you, it's a core concept when you're thinking about the idea of, of building resilience and and the the end outcome I guess for you as a business owner is knowing that you have resilience you've gone through it's quite um, it's a real positive outcome or it's a real um, reason for sort of celebration when you look at events that have taken place and you've gone we've actually made our way through those and we've, we're a stronger business we're a better business and we've increased the resilience of the business. And it gives you, every time you go through these sorts of events, 
whether it's a global financial crisis, uh, whether it's uh, something relating to your sector, whether it's a legislative change, whether it's something like a pandemic or whatever it is, and you're able to come through the other end, you know, there's no no doubt those sort of situations are very tough. Uh, they really test your business model and really cause can cause a bit of stress. Uh, but if you can come out through those cycles and you apply some of these processes and systems, you've effectively built more resilience and it gives you more confidence about being able to handle uh, situations like that or events that take place or anything that might happen within your business uh, in the future. It's a really good outcome. So that's the, that's the idea of resilience. Um, and, and I think you know, how do you currently feel about your business? You know, if, if I've asked you, how resilient do you feel your business is on a, on a scale of zero to 10? You know, what would that number be? You know, if, it, if you're up around the seven or eight, it's pretty good. If you're at five, it's probably not. If you're less than five, it's probably an area that you want to be looking at how you can uh, build more resilience. Um, and that will give you more peace of mind. So hopefully that uh, highlights some some thoughts around, my thoughts around the idea of resilience, why it's important and how you can go about uh, building more within your business. There's other things that we have and tools that we utilize, which I'll share with you about the, that process. Thanks for listening uh, to another episode. And I look forward to catching up with you in another episode of the Ideal Business Podcast. <laughs>